God like this. You all come on in. Mic check. Can you hear me okay? Everything is perfect. Fantastic. <laughs> grab your family around. Grab your friends. Grab your co-workers, your children. Let them know that we are here live with another episode of Who Wouldn't Serve a God Like This with none other than Crystal Harrell. So you all come on in. Come right on in. Can you share this as well? Like if I tried to share this, could I share the live? Absolutely. 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 You all come on in. We'll give them a couple of seconds. So come right on in. Great afternoon, good evening, good morning, wherever you may be calling in or joining us live with uh, for another episode of Who Wouldn't Serve a God Like This. So whether you're joining us on YouTube or on Facebook Live, I just want to take out time to welcome each and every one of you. So come right on in. Come right on in. Hello. Great evening, great morning, great afternoon to each and every one of you. I'm so happy and grateful that you have taken out time out of your busy schedule to join us for another episode, episode number 12 of Who Wouldn't Serve a God Like This with none other than Crystal Harrell, all right, where it's my mission, my goal, and my desire to share with the world the crisis or those traumas that God has permitted in our lives, and then those triggers or those defining moments that is or was used to strengthen our faith, and then those triumphs or those victories, right? Those victories that we've experienced to, above all, glorify God and to help others. Hallelujah. I am so honored, and we are so blessed to have none other than my special <laughs> guest today, Crystal Harrell. So, Crystal, welcome. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you, Pamela. Thank you for having me. This is honestly like so cool to me, like just to be able to share this space with you. Thank you. No, it's an <laughs> honor for me to have you here. And so thank you so much for accepting the invitation to be with us today. So everyone, before we get started, let's do, go ahead and do some house rules. So for the ones who Join us in my, from my private Facebook group, Broken Pieces to Peace. You'll be able to share your comments, and we'll be able to see your comments live. So go ahead and give StreamYard permission to uh, see your name so that we'll know uh, who you are as you uh, comment in the comment section. Also, go ahead and love, like, and share. Love, like, and share. So hit that love button hit that like button, and then share it with a minimum of 10 people. Share it with a minimum of 10 people, okay? So if you've been enjoying it from week to week, definitely let them know that we are here for another episode of Who Wouldn't Serve a God Like This, all right? So Crystal Harrell. Crystal is a PhD in public health student at Yale University and serves part-time as an Army Medical Service Officer and a certified academic success coach. She conducts, she conducts religion, spiritual-based research in low-income African-American communities. 
to further investigate how public health officials can improve the narrative of black health in America. Crystal also helps students successfully navigate through higher education using her virtual coaching business, Crystal Clear. Did y'all hear that? Crystal Clear, innovation through education. She currently holds a leadership position in her military unit and has helped over two dozen students achieve their academic goals. Crystal has also presented her research at over 15 conferences, including highly uh, highly, highly selective American Public Health Association meetings and expos. Crystal received 600, can you all listen to this? Get real close to your computer. Get real close to your phone, okay? Listen at this. Crystal has received over $670,000 in scholarship awards, including the Bill Gates and Melinda Gates Millennium, Millennium Scholarship and the Yale School of Public Health Dean's Research Award. She shares details on her academic journey to help others non-traditional students get ahead in her first book. Crystal clear. And I tell you, it's a great read. It is a great, great, great read. Okay. So let's see what else. She recently, um, oh, oh, oh yeah. And I did, I forget to say that she is from Alabama. Yes, let's represent in here. Okay, she, let's see here, where did I leave off? Crystal graduated with a Bachelor's of Arts in Sociology and Master's of Science in Human Development and Family Studies from OU, Auburn University, (laughs) not Alabama, Auburn University with honors. And she recently obtained her Master's of Public Health in Epidemiology. What? Did I say it right? (laughs) From From George Washington University and will complete her PhD. Her PhD. Her PhD in public health at Yale. So, my, my, my. We are so happy to have you here with us today. I am so excited about this interview for everyone to get a chance to know you and to be able to hear your phenomenal story. Man, I am super excited. I am super excited. So welcome, Crystal, to another episode of Who Wouldn't Serve a God Like This. Thank you so much, Pamela. It's always interesting hearing that uh, bio because I'm just like, it doesn't even feel like me. And it wasn't me. It was my creator living through me. Um, but it's just like, it's really cool to be able to, um, like I said, just be able to share this space with you. Thank you. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's such a pleasure. So let's go ahead and get right into it. So my show, of course, is about um, your journey through those traumas and then those triggers and then those triumphs, right? Mm -hmm. And so share with my audience 
I mean, your story is so intriguing to me. And I was just so blessed when I met you. Uh, we were on the same in the same coaching class together. And I was like, wow, I have got I knew I knew that we were going to connect. I knew that. I knew we were gonna connect. Okay. And so I just want you to share with my audience today, what was that thing that happened to you or those things? First, first of all, share with them who you are in the eyes of Crystal. Okay. <laughs> and um, yeah, let them know who you are according yeah. to Crystal. Yeah, so it's it's interesting. It's always an interesting question because it's it's hard seeing yourself uh, because you have many selves. And um, I started studying this when I was um, in undergrad, when I got my degree in sociology, that you present different selves to the world. So I always have to like figure out which self um, that I present. But to me, the way I look at myself is, you know, following the narrative um, of my background. So I was born and raised in rural Alabama. I, um, I'm one of 10, so my mom had 10 children. And we grew up in public housing apartments um, in Hillcrest when I was growing up. And I just thought that was normal. I thought, you know, most families were raised in environments like that. Um, thankfully, my both my parents are ministers. And so my, my dad was a deacon and my mom is a, a prophetess and, and a pastor. And so I grew up with a lot of love in my household. So my parents' love and their dedication um, into their children really shielded us from a lot of adversity that you usually face in situations like that. So I didn't know that I was living in disadvantage, well, living in a disadvantaged neighborhood until I got older. And I started studying the exact populations and the exact neighborhoods that I grew up in. And I, mm -hmm. and I saw some of those health um, outcomes for people who are in situations like that. So, wow. um, so that was my childhood. And uh, when I was 11 years old, my, my father actually lost his life uh, to cancer. And I didn't know what was happening at the time because I was too young to really understand what chronic disease was, what leukemia was. But I obviously knew that something was wrong before he got sick. Like a few years before he got sick, I noticed that he started to lose a lot of weight uh, due uh, to the chemotherapy. So I knew that something was wrong. Um, and I knew that, you know, it was going to be different for me and my family, but I had no idea that he was going to pass away. And so I remember um, one day I got up and I went in my front room and there were a lot of people in my front room that I didn't recognize. And then mm -hmm. my mom was sitting on the couch and she told me, um, you know, she said, I have something to tell you that may be a little bit difficult to understand at first. And she said that your dad passed away last night. And I remember like her words became so muffled after that. I didn't know what was really happening. It just sounded like, you know, like on the Charlie Brown or like, wah, wah, wah. like that's literally what happened to me. And then like after about what felt like 30 minutes, probably for like two minutes, I was sitting there trying to figure out what my mom was saying after that, but I couldn't hear anything after she told me that my dad passed away. Um, and so I went to the back room and started crying. And so from that that day forward to um, up until I graduated from high school, me and my family moved a total of six times. Um, mind you, like I said, my mom's a, a single mother of now 10 children. And it was about five or six of us in the house at the time that my dad passed. So she had a large responsibility and she was also pastoring a church. Um, and she was also working full time. So there were times when I got home and I never saw my mom because by the time we got home from school, she was gone and she was coming home when we were already asleep. Um, so that was the majority of my childhood. Um, and then when I was in high school, I saw that there was an opportunity to go to college. And I knew that my education was my ticket out of 
poverty. I knew that it was a way for me to really express myself because I was good at school. I was good at learning. I love learning. I love teaching what I learned. And so I knew that I had to go to school and my dad always pushed me to read. He always pushed me to do well in school. So I knew that when I started um, becoming very passionate about education, that was the way I stayed connected to my father. I also started journaling during those years to help cope with a lot of the emotions I was experiencing um, as, um, you know, dealing with childhood trauma and how that was affecting me at the time, um, which I didn't, like I said, I didn't realize what was really going on until I got older and I was able to really look back and see that, you know, there's a law of cause and effect in the universe. And so I was able to see some of the causes to the results that I had in my life. Um, and so, yeah, I ended up getting a scholarship, um, the Bill and Melinda Gates Millennium Scholarship and the Army ROTC and a few other academic scholarships, which, you know, uh, equaled up to $670,000 and it paid for my entire education and it's still helping me with my education now. So, yeah, I and that's pretty much where it ends. I've been in school for the past eight and a half years, um, going into my last semester of classes. And then the only thing that stands between me and Dr. Harrell is a dissertation. <laughs> And then, yeah. <laughs> go girl, go girl. That is awesome. So you went a little fast, okay? So can I reel it back? Can I just reel it back? Just that was like the short, the condensed version. That's right, <laughs> right. I mean, it's so much packed into that. And that, I mean, you, you're so used to telling your story. And it shows, I mean, it's, it's beautifully done. And I want, um, can you share with, will you share with your audience? How old are you? Uh, 26. <laughs> 26. That's a lot to be packed into a 26 year old. And well, I started this work when I was 23. So it's been a long time coming. Um, it's just like, this is just where I am in my journey of personal development and spiritual growth. Ooh, you <laughs> mouthful right there. <laughs> Because you could, do you not understand that where you are right now, uh, so many people have not even gotten there, and I can I can relate that to myself because I did I did not know that there was personal development or books or um, tools out there to help you to navigate through life, if I could say it like. That. Yeah, mm -hmm. to help you navigate through life and become a better person and to be enlightened on uh, different aspects of life, yes. right? And especially when you're going through traumatic experiences, when traumatic things have happened to you in your life, then how do you deal with that? Who did, how did you, who guided you and directed you in in the direction of getting, you know, help and healing. You know, I know that growing up in a Christian home and um, having that strong spiritual background, that for sure, God was your strength. Yes, definitely. For sure. But that's the thing is it's, yes, it's God's grace, and mercy, but that covers all of us, whether or not you want to believe that or not. And it's your awareness of that connection and, and of that grace and mercy that's going to lead you towards the truth. 
And the truth honestly just led me back to myself and realizing that, you know, my creator was closer to me than my own skin because because you grow up in such a uh, a religious home, you always think that God is someone that is outside of you. And I was my relationship with God was through my parents um, mm-hmm. because they were leaders in the church. And I always thought that God was this old white bearded man who was sitting on the throne and like, you know, like I, that's what my image was. And I was, I <laughs> so I was just yeah, like, you know, in a lot of our, uh, you know, I don't know about anywhere else in the world, but in the South, I know that, you know, most households had that white image on our wall. Right. 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 With the it's, it's down. You have to realize, like even even trauma, like um, I started, I told you I study uh, this in, in school. And so I learned that generational trauma is actually passed down at a cellular level. So everything that the mother experiences is passed down through her child, through her womb. And so generational trauma is proven at the scientific level and both at the spiritual level. And, and science and um, religion and sp- or spirituality, I will say, actually complement each other. They're not separate fields. They're, they're intertwined so greatly. Um, and so once you realize that, you start to unpack a lot of these uh, subconscious beliefs about who you are and who your creator is. And so, yeah, it's 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 passed down not only your subconscious beliefs, but even at the genetic level, there's nothing lost in your genetic code. So you have to know where you come from in order to know where you're going. Ooh, that's good. That's absolutely good. You definitely have to know where you're going. I mean, where you come from mm-hmm. and that spiritual foundation. I mean, where would you have been without that spiritual foundation? Not here. It, it was passed down to me. Like I, like I said, I saw my, my grandmother when she was alive. And then I saw my mother do it. And it was just like always they, they had high levels of um, like intuition or just discernment. And it was just mm-hmm. like, okay, like I knew that was a gift. And mm-hmm. so you asked me, like, how did I know? Um, I believe we all know what we need to do because our truth was already given to us before we were even formed in the womb. So I think that we all know it's just what level of delusion um, have has been passed down to us about who we're supposed to be. And sure. it's the, the journey of self-discovery. It's not about finding something that wasn't there. It's unpacking something that has already been there. And so mm-hmm. that's what discovery means. It just means um, it means acknowledging. <clears throat> so, yeah, that's I, you always know. But it's just, are you brave enough to take the steps in the right direction? Because um, fear holds us back from our truth. Sure. And I'm telling you, you really exemplify uh, what it means to really live your dreams and live not a life of fear, a live a life of faith. Hmm. I mean, I see you all over the place. You have <laughs> lived in Bali, from Alabama to Bali. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's, it's crazy because like you still feel like you can do more. I feel like this is like scratching the surface, you know, like, you know, yeah, how like, yeah, like a burning desire within you to just to serve. Because before, like getting all those degrees, I was trying to prove that I was good enough. I was covering up the hurt that I was feeling from losing mm. my life. And I was trying to get external validation by being this overachiever, this hard worker. Mm-hmm. Um, and none of that matters. I'm not my degree. It doesn't matter how many degrees I get or how many, what you know, what jobs I get. That's not who I am. Absolutely. And once you realize who you are, it's just like God takes you in a totally different direction. So it's just like, yeah, all those accolades are impressive. 
And I'm mm -hmm. grateful that God used them to get me the platform to share what's really true about living life in an intentional and divine way, because like, that's what I pray every day. Like, you know, you just have to work on yourself. I pray that, you know, like with all the books and all the interviews and like, you know, just the conversations you have with people like you who have done it, you know, they're living, they're a living example of what development looks like. And I learned from that, you know? Mm -hmm. And I'm telling you, you said a whole mouthful when you, um, when you hit on your degrees and being an overachiever. I know people today who have so many degrees, uh, more degrees than a thermometer. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, and they have not, and, and you are so wise beyond your years because what I see in them Mm -hmm. is they, the ones that I know who have, that I know, know, have had a traumatic experience, a really traumatic um, childhood, mm -hmm. but no, they didn't have a spiritual foundation. Yeah. So therefore they, in their adulthood, they had to validate themselves through the degree yeah. to let them uh, to let the degrees know that they are enough. Well, what happens when you do that? And I, and like, I, I tell this story because this is how my spiritual journey started. I was 23 and I was going through one of my first breakups and I was completely heartbroken because when I lost my dad, I suffered from abandonment issues and anxiety. And I thought that if I ever fell in love, that the person would end up leaving me and I would be yeah. there. And so that was like constant fear. That was the only thing I was fearing. And so you get what you focus on. Absolutely. Sometimes your fears come true because you're putting so much energy into it. So I was dealing with that. I was I, my biggest fear was facing me um, was literally looking me straight in the face. I was in a program that wasn't fulfilling my needs as a graduate student. I was constantly being told by my advisor that um, I couldn't finish my degree in time. I wasn't he he it was just like not a very healthy relationship. Mm -hmm. um, with my advisor. And if you're in graduate school, you understand how important it is to have someone who's supportive of your academic endeavors, because it means so much to your trajectory as a graduate student. Um, I was also living in a space where I didn't feel supported by my community. And so it was like so many things that were that were causing me to wish I was in a different place. Yes. And so I told myself, I said, when I get my degree, I was getting my first master's. And I said, when I get my degree, I'm going to be happy. And I was banking on that. I was like, oh, man, like, I'm so miserable now. I, I will wake up some days <clears throat> because I was so sad. I couldn't sleep. Like, I would just wake up in extreme sadness. And I, I, I didn't talk to anyone about what was going on. There was no one that could help me. I'm not a venter, so I never vent about my problems to people. I never dump um, mm -hmm. because I know what it feels like to feel that way. And I don't want anyone to feel that way. I don't want to, you know, transfer that energy. So I always kept it to myself. And I kept telling myself, oh, my God, I'm going to be so happy when December 2018 comes. I'm going to graduate. I'm going to get my degree. And I remember the day came and I walked across the stage and I felt even worse then than I did before I got my degree. Wow. And that's wow. when I turned around and I was like, this isn't right. Because I said that I was going to be happy when this happened and then it happened and I wasn't. So that means that there's something going on internally that isn't right. 
And so that's when I started doing the self-education because I wanted to know what was going on internally that was so off. And I was so, so, I was so turned around. I was facing out. <laughs> I was living from the outside in. And wow. that's when I was like, okay, I have to turn around. And then it was just like, you know, you ask for wisdom and he gives it to you. And I did. I prayed and asked God for wisdom to know what was going on internally. And that's when I saw that I was traumatized and I needed wow. help. And so that's when I started seeking help, because I know that the mind that created the problem isn't the same mind that's going to fix the problem. Um, on, so, it was, you know, that that's what happens when you try to achieve to to cover up hurt. It's it's living from the outside and it's living from ego. And it mm -hmm. never works. Mm -hmm. And ego is what? Out. <laughs> yes, ma'am. <laughs> you don't know. <laughs> yes. Education in itself. Yes. Woo! That's wow. 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 So you said that your turning point was when you were 23. Mm -hmm. When you felt that God was trying to get your attention. Is that? That's exactly <laughs> And what did, what was that like? Come um, on, show them some show them some signs. Give give the people some hope that are that are in the middle of it right now. What that looks like? I was never because of my background. I never really thought like I never had like suicidal thoughts. That mm -hmm. was never like something that I thought. But there would be days when I was going through that time period when I was twenty three when I would literally wish that I, I would go to sleep and I didn't wake up. Like wow. that was just like something. And even now, like it's given me an emotional reaction because I'm looking at myself um, as that 23 year old. I don't, I'm not the same person. I don't even identify with it, but like as someone from the outside looking in, I see that broken girl and it's just like, it causes an emotional reaction because there's so many people who are even more broken than what I was. And they're walking around with a smile and no one would ever know what they're dealing with. So you asked me, like, what did that feel like? It felt isolating because I was broken and I couldn't tell anybody. It felt disconnected because. Wait, 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 wait. You mean to tell me that you felt broken and you couldn't tell anybody and you come from a, a <laughs> family of how many? What, and what number do you fall in there? I'm number seven. That's right. You're number seven. And I'm number seven. And I'm the baby. And you know what? <laughs> that's what that's just how it is. Yeah. That's just how it is. You know, it's oh, it's a lonely road sometimes. You know, really I'll I'll say this. When God mm -hmm. has a higher purpose and a higher calling on your life, yes. Then he will kind of like pluck you out mm -hmm. and separate you mm -hmm. from the rest so that, you know, you can go through this journey and he can, you know, make shape and mold you into uh, and get you prepared for the greater blessings ahead. Yes, 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 yes. And that's why fast forward two years, I picked up and moved to Bali because it mm. was, I saw my creator was calling me there and I knew that in order for me to want to heal people or help heal people, I was going to have to be healed. And so Bali was that, that piece that really like solidified all of the transformational um, endeavors that I was embarking on because I was just like, okay, like 
I'm still hurting. Like there was something that it was like that residual. I don't really know. I mean, because it was like, what, 14 years of dealing with trauma and it wasn't going to be gone in two years. And so it was just like I had to be isolated. And Bali was so peaceful and so like the veil between you and God was so thin there because people are so at peace. And it's so easy because the, the cost of living is so low. So you don't have all this consumerism. You're not bombarded by anxiety. Like mm-hmm. I didn't, I never worried about where my next meal was going to come from. I was, you know, able to actually help the economy because, you know, they, the Bali um, economy thrives on tourism and with, wow. the, with the pandemic, there was none. So wow. it was just like, you know, like I wasn't stressed about money. I wasn't stressed about living anywhere like I was in the States because so God had my full attention for mm. me focus on the my internal environment and so I can honestly say that since Bali I've not been the same like just the whole healing process obviously it's a process so I have to be aware of my triggers now and I still have some triggers um, but it's it's not the same and I know I'll never be that broken again and and there was a quote that I love that says sometimes God will break your heart to fix your vision and that's exactly what happened <laughs> like when I heard that, I was like, ooh, it was um, yeah, that's good. <laughs> it was uh sometimes God will break your heart to fix your vision. That's good. <laughs> that's good stuff right there, girl. That's good. That is good, good, good. Well, I, I I'm I'm telling you when I see when I see you just got videos all over the world, I'm like Live that life, Crystal. <laughs> just do it. Thing. I mean, just whoo, just just living, living it. You know, some people who are sixty and seventy haven't even lived the life, girl. You lived a whole full life. It was so. It was actually and started. Yeah, it's cheaper. It's cheaper. It was cheaper for me to live there than here. It was cheaper, like so much cheaper. And people think it's so expensive, but it's not. Like it was cheap. It was super cheap. Like my rent was maybe $300 a month versus $1,800 a month here in New Haven. Uh, Coffee was like 60 cents. So I had enough because, you know, I'm a student. So I always, you know, drink coffee to help me like stay awake during the late hours Mm -hmm. when I'm studying. And so coffee was like 60 cents. And it was just, honestly, just the way the people treated you. So mm. I was treated a certain way in the States because of the color of my skin. And when I went to Bali, I was praised for the color of my skin. What's so you have- Girl, Bali. <laughs> what? <laughs> Listen, people celebrate you there. They celebrate your, your cultural background. And for the first time, no one cared about my background. No one cared about the degree I had. No one cared. There were celebrities walking around. Like I told you, I, I met with Russell Simmons and he was just literally sitting in a coffee shop. And I was like, hey. And he was like, hey, I'm Russell. And I'm like, Russell Simmons? The <laughs> Russell? We know a lot of Russells, but right. you, you look like somebody I know. Right. And I was like, he was like, yeah. And I'm like, no, I literally started to try to argue this man down. But that's how it is in Bali. No one cares about. No one cares. Wow. <laughs> live, live freely, live freely. Wow. Yeah, I saw you on your moped. I was like, you are in the dark riding on a moped. 
It's safe. It's the safest country. So Bali is actually the safe, one of the safest countries for female solo travelers. I did a lot of research before I left. Trust me. There's no crime there. Like, obviously, like, don't be a, like, you know, don't be careless. Like, I was still yeah. very aware of my surroundings, sure. but there was like, no one wants to hurt you because the Balinese people believe in karma. Um, and so like instant karma too. So their religious, uh, their religion and their culture is so intertwined that it, it caused them to act in a certain way. And so like you treat it a certain way. Mm -hmm, so, mm -hmm. Yeah, I just, I wasn't afraid. And I was, like I said, just free. Like it just felt wow. good. <laughs> I experienced it through you. I mean, I was like, yes, yes, yes. Mm -hmm. I was crying when I first came back. Cause I was like, I miss Bali. And I came back to finish my degree, but it's just like, I miss it so much, but it's still in me. It's still in me. And so I know that eventually I'll get a chance to go back and bring some of that no, no matter where I go in life. But Absolutely. I miss it every day. I miss it. Absolutely. That sense of peace that surpasses all understanding. I saw that. Yeah. 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 That's, 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 that's good. But let's move. Let's shift okay. to giving God the glory. You know, where was it? Where, where's the glory of God in coming from you, that traumatic experience with waking up and your mom telling you and your siblings that your dad has passed. Now, you know, and you, did you, did, did you all grieve together or, or um, did it, did it tear you all apart or did it draw you closer together? Because I know I've lost my sister. The one that was me. Yeah. On her 30th birthday. Jeez. And uh, this was in 98. And so um, it was a very traumatic experience. Yeah. And so I know that, you know, traumatic death experiences, and especially if you've not experienced a death in your family, Yes. And that's a traumatic, uh, really traumatic experience. Then it typically brings you closer together as a family or it will tear you apart. Yes. Do you uh, care to talk about that and elaborate on that? To see? Yeah, I, I definitely don't mind. Um, and my condolences, uh, condolences for your sister. It is, like you said, very traumatic to mm -hmm. lose someone so close because you always think that they're going to be there. You never, mm -hmm. never in your mind do you think one day you'll wake up and they won't. Absolutely. So during that time when I was 11, um, and so um, all my, like I said, I'm number seven. So I'm one of the babies of the family. So all my sis my siblings were older. Mm -hmm. And I actually, because this part of my life was so difficult, I don't remember most of it because um, mm -hmm. for me, for me to move forward, and this is actually the first time I'm talking about it, but for me to move forward and not allow that traumatic experience to um, become a negative, I had to really push it to a place to where I I kind of just like zoned out. Yeah, I least, yeah, for at least uh, for at least like middle school and most of high school, I zoned out and just kind of just put everything that I knew, like all of my emotions, into sports and into my education. Mm -hmm. 
But I will say that it did bring my family closer. Like even now I'm in a group chat with all my siblings and we talk all the time. I mean, they have their own families now and things are so different because we're older, Um, Mm. but we are very close. Like I could call one of my siblings now. I mean, they probably won't answer, but they'll get back with me. But like, (laughs) hopefully they're not listening to this, but they never answer my phone calls. Um, Everyone calls me, everyone calls me, like all my siblings call me when they want someone to talk to because I always answer my phone. But I'm <laughs> but no, <laughs> I know the feeling. Yes, but it made us closer. Um, looking back, made us closer. Um, my mom is was so strong, and even though me and my mom didn't get along when I was in high school, um, when I became of age and I realized that she did the best she could with the hand that she was dealt, I have mm-hmm. so much respect for my mom. I mean, massive respect. In fact, like the reason why I work so hard now is because I want to make sure that my mom lives comfortably in her old age. Like I want to make sure my mom never has to worry about working again. She's worked since she was 12. Mm. She worked multiple jobs after my dad died just to support us. So mm-hmm. I have the means now. I have, you know, the opportunities that my parents and my grandparents made sacrifices for just for us to have, just for future generations to be able to walk in these places. And yeah. my mom tells me all the time, she was like, I never imagined that God would allow me to birth something that goes to an Ivy League. And to me, oh. it doesn't like mm-hmm. registered for me because I'm just like, oh, right, that's true. Right. <laughs> because you're walking in it. And so it was yeah. just like, now that God has afforded me these opportunities, I'm going to turn around and I'm going to honor my mom because she sacrificed so much for us. I believe that. I believe that because I'm telling you, your heart is amazing. Amazing. And you you get giving back. You get that so, uh, so clear. And I'm just so honored to be in your presence. Oh, <laughs> Uh, to know you and to be able to pick up the phone and call you. And- <laughs> <laughs> so- yes, when I'm writing class, I promise I'll answer. <laughs> it's so amazing. It's so amazing. And, you know, I just wanted you to be able to go through that. And then we touched on your triggers. Now let's go into the triumph. Mm. I love that. Okay. Because it's all God allows these things to happen to us in our lives so that he can get the glory. Yes. And this is what this platform is all about. It's about giving God the glory through our try our 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 traumas in our life. Mm. He is shaping us and making us and molding us so that we can be a light to the world yes, and so that he can save our souls mm-hmm. and, um, and yeah, and we can spread the light of his love and how he operates, you know what I'm saying in, in our lives to let others know that if we can make it through that thing, then you too can make it because what I found is your destiny is hidden in that thing. Yes. Can you uh, can you vouch for that? I can a hundred percent vouch for that. Because what would have happened if your dad had not have died? I wouldn't be this person sitting in front of the screen right now. And I I thought about that for years now. And I said, in order for this person to 
come into manifestation, everything had to happen exactly the way it did. And mm-hmm. there are people who suffer worse things than yeah. what I did, like way worse things. But then yeah. there's people who made it out of those situations. I look mm-hmm. at Les Brown, Lisa yeah. Nichols, Jim Ron. I look at all these people who were telling me that it doesn't matter where you come from or what you look like. If you have the right mindset, there's yeah. nothing that you can achieve. And I believe them. And that is honestly the thing. You have to have belief. Even if yeah. you don't believe in yourself, still believe in the belief they have in you yeah. that you can go even further. Absolutely. And, you know, when when you live out your life or when we live out our lives, it gives others permission to do the same. Definitely. Because I wouldn't be here if I didn't see, you know, like my hero Les Brown doing it. I can't tell you. And just be able to talk to him. Like, yes. I, that blows my mind. And yes. seeing the picture with him, like holding my book, I can't I tell know. you. I know. <laughs> I was oh like, yes, yes, we just talked about it. <laughs> we just talked about it. That is amazing. <laughs> that is amazing. And then when I talk Wait, to him, I was like, Huh? You talked to Les Brown about it? No, I saw him holding the I saw him with his picture <laughs> holding your book. But when I spoke to him and I had him on the show. I saw that. <laughs> and uh man, and then I am in another coaching class, um, another coaching uh course with him right now mm-hmm. and just being you know being able to have him in my space talk to him mm-hmm. like you must have some connections you must have known him <laughs> i know god i'm connected the greatest connection yes connector. i am <laughs> connected to the connector <laughs> the power source Yes. <laughs> yes, indeed. So, yeah, it's it's truly a blessing and an honor, and that is where we connected. Yes, through through Power Voice, and through I saw Power. that ad, and I thought it was a scam. <laughs> I don't you were even like, "What is this real?" Truly, it's not real. Yeah, Truth. I thought it was a scam. <laughs> Girl. But was it a scam? Not at all. It was the greatest investment. One of the greatest investments I've ever made. I would do it 10 times over if I had known what was in store for me. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It it is truly amazing. It is truly amazing. So do you have anything that you would like, anything else that you would like to share with our audience today? I think I, you know, everything that was laid on my heart, thankfully I had the chance to say, and like I said, I just wanted to thank you for this opportunity Um, and just to encourage your audience, honestly, and people watching this to just go forward and and step into the person that you know you're being called to be because it's scary. But once you realize that fear is an illusion, and I know people hear this all the time, but it's the truth. Because if you think back over everything that you were afraid of, and you ended up moving forward in spite of fear or despite fear, did it? Did your fears come true? Like, did those things actually happen? And, and 100% of the time, the answer is no. Like, I was afraid to apply to Yale. Someone, I actually, I argued my advisor down about why I shouldn't apply to Yale. Mm. told me to apply. And if I hadn't, I w- I've been afraid. I still get afraid. And sure. it's not the fear. It's the decision to actually step over fear 
and mm -hmm. say, like, even though I'm afraid, I'm still going to keep moving forward. And, you know, once you do the things that you fear, the things that you fear disappear. Like literally, it just, it goes away. And then you have more fears that try to come on. But that's yeah. why you have to really challenge your fear and you mm -hmm. have to crush it and just say, not this, this is deeper than positive thinking. This is actually sitting down and saying, is this truth? You question everything, every thought that comes into your mind because you are not your thoughts. You have thoughts, you have fear, but it means that you're able to let those things go as well. So mm -hmm. that's why I would encourage the audience is just to move forward. And I'm saying mm -hmm. this to myself, too, because mm -hmm. I, I've had the thought of dropping out of school at least three times this week. Oh, the um, devil is a liar. <laughs> the devil is a liar. Uh-uh. No, 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 no. No. And you have, I'm back to back to Bali. Like, <laughs> forget this. Look, do I need it to get to where I'm going? Not at all. Right. As a matter of fact, I'll be in debt if they knew the real. I was like, do I really need to be here? <laughs> But I, I have met, I have met and been in the presence of people without a piece of paper, <laughs> and they were so happy, just happy, just ha genuinely happy and at peace. And yes. it's so different when you step into an environment that we're socialized at this way. Like yes. I said, I studied this, so I understand human behavior, and we're socialized to think the way we do and to have these subconscious beliefs. And the work is, like I said, uncovering everything that was taught to you and mm -hmm. actually getting down to the truth and asking yourself, is this truth? And you know the answer to that. We have mm -hmm. to stop going outside of ourselves for answers and we have to turn around and go inside because that's Absolutely. the only place that they are. Absolutely. And you have to face those fears. I mean, and you do it. I know that you still have uh, fears. Oh, yeah. Because, I mean, you know, you're growing yeah. and uh, that's nothing but the enemy trying to keep you from your destiny. Yes. That's all that is. Mm. I, <laughs> I tell you, when I see you, I mean, swimming with, in the ocean with the fish, I'm like, what? That's I something I have not done. I was like, oh, no. I never thought I would do that. Like, Pamela, when I say in a million years, like, I'm afraid of the ocean. Like, literally. Oh, me and it's I, was so like, I was scared <laughs> for you down there. I you know, I've seen people do it. And I'm look at it. I'm like, look at her go with the in the ocean. Listen, I did it two more times after that. What? <laughs> yeah. That is amazing. That it's, is it's, not a, it's not so scary once you do it. Like, because once you realize what it actually feels like, why was I afraid of this? <laughs> right. Right. Wow. But that, I'm just, girl. <laughs> Thank you. Girl. You just, you are, look. I'm, I want to be like you when I grow up. So, I'm excited. I love this process of like just getting older and getting like wiser because like I see these women that I look up to and mm -hmm. they just seem so at peace within themselves. And it's just like and I, I listened to an interview with Oprah and J-Lo and they were on the Vision 2020 tour and yeah. J-Lo talked about because she's 50 and she was like, I just she was like 50 is like it. And Oprah said the same thing. She's like, everyone says like 30, 40. She's like, no, 50 is where. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I can attest to that. <laughs> See?
<laughs> so I'm like, I'm excited. I mean, as long as you just take care of yourself and we all know that your biological age is more important than your chronological age. So just understand that what goes in your body comes out as well. Like you live from the inside out. So you have to be careful what you put in your mind and your body because you're, you can think yourself into ageism. Like literally, like you can literally think yourself into illness, but you can also think yourself into health. And like I said, this is all proving at a scientific level. Just go watch Dr. Joe Dispenza, uh, Dr. Bruce Lipton, and like you have to, you know, study epigenetics. Like this stuff is, it's real. This it is. is real. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And is in the word. Yes. Amen. All science is doing is proving what spiritual leaders and what we already what we've already know. <laughs> a man thinketh so is he. Yes. Yes. Oh, yes. Now. That's the word. That is so true. I wish I could just like drill that in so much because that's so that true. I'm here to tell you, meet me in the morning, we'll read it. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, no, today is today is Thursday. Tomorrow's Thursday. <laughs> yes, but it has just been such a joy to spend this time with you. Thank you so much for accepting the invitation. Thank you, Pamela, for having me. This was so fun. This raised my energy by, like, at least, like, a thousand dollars. <laughs> Thank yeah. you. Mission accomplished. I tried to do you know, a little something, something. Thank you. Yes, yes, yes. And you definitely helped with the process. You are, uh, God is doing some amazing things through you. And I am yes. so glad that you came to share with our audience. And I know that they were encouraged as well. I know that they're going to be blessed by uh, your story. Thank and you. I know that you have inspired me and uh, just to live a greater life and just I live a life of freedom. Yes. It feels so good to just <laughs> not care. Exactly. But still get it done. I mean, yes. I tell you, this girl right here, get it done. And I'm like, I just want you to know, you know, she volunteered to help me to write my book. And uh, it's a, it's a, um, challenge it's a process but once you birth that it's like a laboring process like once you you give birth to this and you realize that this is going to serve the world it's just like okay like just just let me do it you pace yourself it's like a marathon you pace yourself and you're going to get it done because like it's in you the book is already done it's just it's just bring it into the physical world it's manifesting that at the physical level so it's done yeah it is done it is done i received that and i claim that Yes. It's done. So, yes, it's done. (laughs) (laughs) We are going to make it happen. So I have three questions that I ask uh, my audience, right? Mm -hmm. The ones that come. And so the first one is, as we wind down, the first question is, what are you most grateful for? Mm, My mom. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Great answer. <laughs> Great answer. The second question is, what is your definition of peace? Peace, my definition of peace is understanding that you are a spiritual being having a human experience and understanding that nothing can dis- disturb your world unless you allow it. Mm. That's good. That's good. <laughs> and question number three. What are some of the things that you do to maintain your sense of peace or 
whether it's daily rituals or some things, just some things that you would like to share with our audience that helps them get on the path of letting go of the broken pieces of their past and helping them to move forward into their life of peace. Yes. Uh, so one of the first things I do is I journal. So I try to journal every day. And like I said, I journal. I started journaling when I was in middle school when I lost my dad because it helped me cope. I think mm. of journaling as downloading. So you're mm. getting everything that's out of your head and you're seeing, you're unweaving it on paper. And you're just seeing what's actually in your subconscious. Um, another thing that I do is I listen to people who are at a certain awareness. So I listen to people on YouTube, like I said, like Les Brown. I listen to people like Dr. Miles Monroe. I listen to people who understand the laws of the universe and they're willing to share that, who understand they're operating at a different level of awareness. And so it makes you, it's like a programming. It's like a, you know, any programming, repetition. It's repetition. Um, so you have to reprogram your mind and just be careful what goes inside of your mind. Like social media, you have to be careful. Um, you have to be careful with the news and like just all these things that are trying to bombard you with a certain level of um, like a certain frequency. You just have to be aware of that. Um, and I think that's pretty much it is I just listen to things that feed my, my spirit and journal. And I like candles to also like set the mood in my my outside environment. So I make sure that it's clean. So I, I'm, I love clean environments, clean spaces, because a cluttered space is a cluttered mind in my head. Um, so yes, yeah, so you have to be, you know, you have to be mindful of your surroundings. Um, yeah, just keep in a clean spaces, both yeah. energetically and physically. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm definitely with that. <laughs> <laughs> I am definitely with that. Well, I again want to thank you so much for joining us today and uh, gracing us with your presence and uh, for another episode of Who Wouldn't Serve a God Like This? And thank you, thank you, thank you for sharing the space with me. Thank you, Pamela. This has been honestly the highlight of my entire week. <laughs> thank you. Aww. I'm so serious. <laughs> well, I'm glad that I could uh, bring some light to your week. Thank you. Yes. And so uh, with that being said, make sure you all join us back here in the morning for um, where we read the entire Bible in 365 days, 6 a.m. Central Standard Time, 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, and 4 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. But wherever you are in the world, because we do have a broad reach, check your local uh, time zone so that you can join me live. If not live, joining on the replay is cool as well. Okay. And then next week, make sure you join me for another episode of Who Wouldn't Serve a God Like This, where we will have another phenomenal guest. And I pray blessings and peace and prosperity as you go throughout your day. And again, hey, that's all for now. We look forward to seeing you shortly. Bye-bye.